0: Okay, when I am uh, reading these questions, probably some of the question is just for fun because you can not think of uh, anything to write on, uh, such as, why is sex called sex? And then the, why is there sex? And then the, what is the opposite of sex? You know, like things like that you know uh, how are babies made? Um, why are we required to write a question about sex so um some of these questions uh, you know there's no answer or it doesn't worth our time to answer it here not not mean not to say that your question are... Uh, um, doesn't worth our time, but it's just that because of our focus. Uh, today, we'll let you know what is the, the focus. Um, first, how about let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this time as we uh, gather together, uh, some high schoolers, uh, as we discuss the topic of Christian view on sex. Uh, Father, really give us uh, a pure heart a willingness to learn, uh, knowing that um, we're in a society that emphasizes a lot on, the, on sex, on pleasure, uh, on attraction. And Father, we just pray that you will help us build a firm foundation on what the Bible says about sex. Uh, have a positive, a correct view so that we can uh, apply it in our life and we can live a life that is pleasing to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today's topic is a Christian view on sex. Um, first, it's like when you watch TV, uh, there's always, like, at times, they say a viewer discretion advice. And in fact, uh, there is a viewer discretion advice. This workshop contained discussions that may uh, offend or some members may feel uncomfortable because, like, I don't know how comfortable when you talk about sex uh, in a formal setting, you know, like, you know, when you uh, talk with your friends and then you get so excited, and so the dirty jokes, and then you feel very comfortable. But, you know, in a formal setting, say in a classroom, not to mention about, oh, uh, at church, I don't know where you first get your information about sex, like in your whole life, just imagine go back to the um, time tunnel and then go back in time and say, when was the first time that I was introduced to this subject of sex? I wonder, how many of you, the very first exposure to uh, the topic of sex is through your parents? How many of you? Okay, okay, only like three? How many of you get that exposure from friends? Okay, okay, a couple, okay, a few. How many of you get that exposure from like uh, the teacher school? Okay, okay. How many of you get that from like TVs or like multimedia? Okay. Good. Uh, maybe, you know, it's a mix of, like, you know, I, I can't trace back, you know, when is the first time that uh, I got exposed to the topic of sex. But the thing is, um, this, the warning here is that it may, the discussion may make you feel uncomfortable, and also, it may lead to some thoughts or some images that you think is inappropriate, you know? Because like mine is very tricky stuff. You know, when we talk about Saxon, suddenly you just, an image flash up and maybe when I'm talking about it here, you know, just different images flash up and then you say, I, I can't control it, you know, it's a church, you know? Uh, but um, that's why we <clears throat> need to learn how to handle this temptation. And also, uh, we need to like discuss it discuss the topic or learn the topic, really with the the guidance of the Holy Spirit, because there were occasion, let me tell you this is true, that in the past, after I've conducted workshop on sex or on sexual purity, then that same evening that some of the members say, oh, you know, we fell into temptation. Oh, you know, uh, you know, there are different things that came up, and then some may even uh, have inappropriate thoughts or inappropriate contacts uh, because uh, oh, we just talk about this sexual uh, workshop, and then it somehow aroused some thoughts. Then uh, that some people may feel tempted, or oh, and. And that's why, you know, when we discuss this topic, I think it's good that we can discuss in church. uh, Because like, you know, church is supposed to be, oh, no, no, this is a taboo. We're not supposed to talk about it. But, you know, we should talk about it because who created sex? You know, God created sex. And then it's not supposed to be, oh, bad and evil. But the thing is, when we talk about sex, we're in the Chinese culture. Chinese culture uh, the background usually we don't talk about sex and you know, that's why not too many of you your parents talk to you about sex and then whenever they say uh, encounter something that is like you know, about sexual scene and then or you know on TV when you were younger and then just close your eyes you know don't watch don't watch or uh, I remember when um, we were in Hong Kong we brought up in Hong Kong and then sometimes they like uh, use bamboo stick to hang their clothes outside. I I don't know whether you've seen those pictures. that They they hang their clothing outside to dry, sun dry it, okay? Uh, But, you know, they consist of, like, ladies' underwear and things like that. And then whenever, you know, we walk by, then the the older folks will say, hey, don't watch, Uh, don't don't look. Because uh, when you look, you will have, like, a a little, I don't know what you called it, uh, you have eye problem, you know, like until jump. That means you will have like a bum or uh, like a, uh, an ulcer in your eye. So you know, don't watch. You know, like you know, like we say, uh, oh, because uh, this is the Chinese culture. You know, very modest. And then uh, whenever something is inappropriate, you know, like if you've uh, seen those Chinese movie, they would say, "Choi," you know, more讲啲咁嘅嘢啦. You know, so so. Ah, uh, so naughty and, and it's so inappropriate. Then this is a Chinese culture, but uh, you are not in China. Even in China nowadays, China is very different. But we're in Western culture, and in Western culture, we like even Disney movie, even like if you have Disney Channel um, about teenagers. They always talk about, oh, you know, this is a pretty girl, and then when's the first time you kiss, and then when you date, you're supposed to kiss, and things like that. So, uh, here is very exposed, and right now, especially when we're in the internet generation, uh, a click in the finger can go into, like, different websites that will pollute your mind. And many of us, I think, many, especially the guys, Cannot control yourself and then you know, of course, the information passed on to you from your friends, and they say, "Oh you, yeah, this is a good site, oh you yeah. know." And then, Or maybe you just search and then search "Sex," and then you oh, So many pictures there. And then uh, probably, I cannot say 100 percent, but majority of the people, the guys sitting here, or maybe some of the girls, might have gone to those websites uh, willingly or unwillingly well nobody's going to force you but then somehow you got tempted so the question is the bicultural you and sex not only bicultural maybe tricultural. not only chinese and american but also when we are christian and how should we deal with the topic of sex i think that is very important first i want to ask you what is the purpose of sex okay anyone can tell me what is the purpose of sex yes To reproduce, okay, so that we can have kids. And in fact, reproduction is one of the reasons. He said, oh, one of the reasons? I thought that is the only reason why we have sex, or why God created sex. Uh, In fact, the Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it. So, it is God's creation that God wants men to rule over the earth and then kind of reproduce. So, reproduction is the purpose of sex. But besides reproduction, can you think of any other reasons why God created sex? Why? As a punishment. Why? then what, is it, what does it have to do with sex, the creation of sex? So when you die, you have to oh, okay. So because you die, you have to reproduce. Okay. So what if you don't reproduce and you die? There's no difference. Right? Okay. Any other thoughts about you know, why God created sex? Just reproduction. I don't think of any reason. I think it will blow your mind if I say, hey, God creates sex for you to enjoy. Oh, no, no way, my goodness. Uh, you know, like just imagine. Like, oh, you say, know, oh, I don't believe it. God creates sex for us to enjoy. I thought sex is bad. I thought sex is evil. I thought sex the only purpose is reproduction. Just imagine. If the only purpose for sex is reproduction, God can create you like um machine okay, you know, be fruitful and multiply. So, you know, you just... And then you can be fruitful and multiply, and then you just... Just like pimple. Pop, 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 pop. And then the little kids pop up. And then so, you know, like... But also, God could create... You know, like everything has a feeling. Say, if I pinch you, you feel hurt. If I slapped you, you feel, oh my goodness, it's painful. So... Everything has uh, a feeling, in a sense. So, God, if God just wants sex to be uh, 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 two to reproduce, then God could create it into a very burdensome, very weary feeling that my goodness, oh, so painful, oh, we're going to have sex again, oh, my goodness, but because of, we need to reproduce, come on, baby, let's do it, no, God could create it this way, but God didn't, why, and God, frankly speaking, God, you know, we all know God created sex to be enjoyable. That, you know, guys will enjoy it, females should enjoy it, and the the two together, they fell in love, and then they enjoy that sexual relationship or sexual intercourse. Why? Because God wanted that way. It's not that, oh, you know, sex is bad, and then you just need to reproduce, but God wants us to enjoy And in fact, in the Bible, in Proverbs 5, 18 to 19, I already quoted the verse here uh, in your notes, but I did not list it out. but it says, may your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. You say, my goodness, you know, I, I couldn't remember, I, I couldn't imagine that, you know, like words like that, you know, like breast, you know, in the Bible. But, you know, it's in the Bible, may her breast satisfy you always, oh my goodness. And may you ever be captivated by her love. And then in the the book Song of Songs, it says, How beautiful your sandaled feet, O princess daughter, and uh, O prince daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewel. You know, it's talking about leg, my goodness. Your navel, oh my goodness. It's talking about body parts. It's a rounded uh, goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist, oh, it's a mount of wheat encircled by lilies. Your breasts, oh my goodness, again, that word, uh, like two fawns. Oh, two, oh my goodness. The twins of a gazelle. And uh, and then your stature is like that of the palm. It's like a palm tree. And your breasts like a cluster of fruit. And then the, I said, I will climb the palm tree, you know, like if your stature, that means your body, is like that of the palm. And I will climb up your body. My goodness, it's so... So vivid, it's so, like, the, 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 the description, you say, my goodness, is it from the Bible? Yes, it's from the Bible. And then I will take hold of its fruits. You know, remember what is the fruits? You know, like, you know, your breast like the cluster of fruits. And I will take hold of its fruits. My goodness. And then, oh, may your breast be like the cluster of the vine and the fragrance of your breath like apples and your mouth like the best wine. So you say, I wouldn't dare to let my parents read this passage. Because like, oh, it's talking about body parts. It's talking about action. It's talking about climbing up on another person's body. And then it's from the Bible. Yes, it's from the Bible. Because God created sex for us to enjoy with a little criteria within marriage. You know, if within marriage, it is beautiful. And then there's God created sex for reproduction and also for enjoyment. But also for intimacy. What does it mean by intimacy? Um, When two people, when they get close, uh, emotionally, oh, they love one another. But also, uh, physically, like, you know, you want to hold hand, or you want to hug the other person, or you want to feel secure. So, you know, that is... The physical intimacy. And very interestingly, um, physical intimacy actually is related to emotional intimacy. I don't know whether you have ever had that experience, or maybe some of you might have dated before. You held hand with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, and then you're walking, you're so nice, you feel so good, and then suddenly, you know, he says something that offended you. And then you got upset. What will you do? Will you still hold his hand, or maybe, ah, or you just, and then you walk away, and you won't even look. And then, no, if he want to touch you, if you want to hold your hand, you know, you don't let him. Why? Because emotionally, if you are apart, if you are not intimate, then physically, it's very hard for you to be intimate, close to one another. Like if you say, oh, I never did or I never have that experience. Just imagine with your parents, you know, if you get upset with them or they upset you, you don't even want to see them, you want to go into your room, you want to close the door, and then we say, dinner time, I'm not eating. You know, like, so you find that, that emotion, intimacy is very important. And then sometimes you want to be physically close or physically distant from a person because of that. And then... Why we say sex is um, created for intimacy? Uh, the Bible says for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and will be united with his wife to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And then this is like—it's just that physical intimacy really symbolizes the ultimate intimacy of two people. It's not just oh you know we're friends. It's not just oh you know we, we think alike. Oh oh we have the same interests but to a point that you're so intimate that physically you will join together in marriage. And uh, in Genesis 4, 1, it says, Adam lay with his wife Eve. But original language is not lay with. Original language is not have sex. Original language, the word means no. Then say, oh, Adam knew or Adam knew his wife Eve. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. You say, what happened? You know, what kind of knowledge is that? You know, that is, you know, oh, I get to know Ricky, oh, my goodness, you know. Not used in that not in that connotation, okay? But what it means is when two people, a husband and a wife, they have sex, that is the intimacy that God has intended, that they know one another, both emotionally, and then also physically, that they have that relationship. So, it is God's intent for reproduction, uh, creating sex. It is God's intention for pleasure, for enjoyment, and also for intimacy, that two people can really not only um, emotionally be one, but also physically be one. And also, another byproduct, I would say, of the purpose of sex is release. They say, oh, it doesn't make sense. God created sex for you to release? No, it's that uh, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and then from verse 1 to verse 9, it says, it is good for a man not to marry. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion." What does it mean? That means actually God created us as sexual beings. We will have that tension that, you know, we want to have sex. We want to have that ultimate intimacy. But uh, God also provides, you know, special gifts for people, you know, that they could be uh, celebrate, uh, that they could live alone without a husband or a wife. But not everyone has that gift. And then that's why it says, well, you know, if you have that gift, if you don't need to marry, it's good. You don't have to marry. But if you don't have that gift, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So uh, that marriage or that sexual union with a wife or a husband is a way that release your sexual tension. But the key today Oh, you know, this is a foundation, this is a background. Okay, why God created sex? So we know that, oh, sex is not a taboo, sex is not dirty, sex is not evil, but God's created sex, besides reproduction, is for us to enjoy within the marriage and also uh, for us to have that intimacy, ultimate intimacy with um, our spouse. And then also, it's a way to release that tension uh, that God has created because of that. Um, sexual way, created a sexual being. Okay, any questions um, from that portion? Okay, now, um, I have a few questions later we will talk about. Um, but first, I in originally I was thinking of skipping this. But I think for your benefit, it is good also to know. So, First, we need to understand our differences. You know, Like, there's a question oh, um, about gender, about sex. Uh, if we understand the difference between a guy and a girl, it will help us how to handle sexual tension or sexual temptation, okay? Um, also, there are, there are nooks at the back. Is there nooks? Okay, good, yeah. Uh, of course, you say, oh, I know, uh, the difference between a guy and a girl physically, they're built different. And but I'm talking more than just physical on the surface. We know, oh, you know, this is a girl, this is a guy. But uh, talking about especially related to sex or sexual temptation, for a guy, they're driven by physical desire, and like, oh, you know, I. Uh, did, This physical tension, that physical, you know, because we're created as a sexual being. The physical desire of seeing, touching, uh, and that kind of govern them and govern their action. For girls, they're driven by emotional desires. They want to be loved. They want to be cuddled. They want to feel secure. Uh, And so it's totally different. In fact... What it means is, like, say, a guy want to have sex because of the physical desire. Oh, you know, I want that pleasure. For a girl that want to engage in sex, most of the time it's because of that emotional desire, that want to be loved, want to be cuddled, want to have that um, feeling of, oh, I can have someone that I can really fully um, um, depend on, rely on, and have that person to love me. And that is uh, the thing. Uh, For guy, they crave physical intimacy. But for lady, having sex or not is not the main issue. The main issue is they crave emotional intimacy. They want someone to love them. Um, So, you know, like for dating, relationship, a lot of times, uh, guys... Engage in a dating relationship, whether the purpose is to have sex or not, that is another issue, but it will lead into that pleasure. But for a girl engaged in a dating relationship, probably sex is not the main thing that they talk about. You know, I want to date a guy because I want to have sex. No, uh, but I want to date a guy because I want to be loved, because I want someone. Because I want someone to care about me. I want someone that I can share my whole life, my struggles, my emotion, and everything. But for guys, uh, even... um, In fact, um, I think maybe 20, 30 years ago, uh, I've met um, a teenager. And then she said, Oh, you know what happened? Uh, I introduced my uh, girlfriend that she's a a girl. I introduced my girlfriend to my cousin. Uh, And then my cousin said, oh, you know, I want to know your girlfriend. And then uh, um, I want to date her. So they went out to have a date. And then you know what happened? Uh, They're still teenagers, high schoolers. And then at the end of the date, and, um, you know, the guy was driving. The guy said, oh, I want to give you a gift. He said, okay, what is that? And then opened the little box. It's a condom. And, like, You say, my goodness, how could, you know, on the first date, and then you show the girl a condom, Um, this is not unusual, let me tell you, even, you know, they are Chinese, even in that Chinese culture, it is not uncommon. Uh, I've read of, like, many, even many years ago, football teams, football players, football stars, uh, in high school, you know, uh, one of the schools in a very quiet suburb, you know, supposed to be the one of the good school, but the football team, many of the guys, they kept what they call a black book. And then what is that black book? The black book is to record the names of or some of the details of all the girls that they have had sex. And then you know, they would take their black book out and they would compare nooks and say, Oh, you know, I have sex with this girl and it's really fun. And oh, you know, I have 10 this week. And then they Oh, you know, oh my goodness, I only have three. Uh, you know, I need to uh, shape up and then uh, just go and date more. You know, like guys, a lot of times they crave physical intimacy. But for girls, seldom they say, Okay, I have a black book, you know, I have this boyfriend, this boyfriend, this boyfriend. And then because they want someone to love them. But because of that difference, you need to realize that create a lot of tension in the dating relationship. Guys, they were stimulated by what they see. And then that's why there's pornography. Uh, even in the old days, even in the days back in China, ancient China, they don't have photographs, they don't have pictures, but they have hand-drawn pornography. And they say, my goodness, hand drawn. It's nothing like real. Of course, but that is good enough for them. Uh, so, um, guys, be careful. You know what you see, and later we'll talk about. You know, if we want to avoid temptation, be careful of what you see. What you see online, one thing will lead to another. And for girls, you say, oh well, you know, like a uh, guy's problem. No, it's your problem. Why? Because how you dress affect how other people look at you. So, for girls, we need to be very careful of how we dress ourselves. Like, you know, if I have a low cut or maybe it's very loose and then I say, okay, let's uh, uh, um, pick up the song books and then you, you're bending down and then, like, even the guys don't want to see it. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna... Uh, but, you know, frankly speaking your friends or the people around will not be that courteous and say well i won't see you know then the ooh. ooh you know so uh, also you know not only the um, how loose your clothes are uh, but how short your uh, shorts are you know like sometimes you say oh you know i wear shorts but you know if the shorts is really wide and when you like sit Uh, and when you bend down or whatever, and right now they have all those low-cut pants, and then so when you bend down, uh, we see your underwear, and sometimes see the Grand Canyon, you know, Uh, and be very careful of how you dress and present yourself. You say, oh, you know, like, it's okay, but you are posting temptation to your brothers here. So, uh, you know, how... like, you know, fake or how transparent your clothes are, you know, those are like, or how short your baby tees or whatever um, that always poses a temptation because guys are stimulated by what they see. Um, so, the responsibility on uh, the girls, uh, on the one hand, of course, guys, you need to be careful of how you search on the web and things like that, but girls need to be very careful. And uh, also, some of the girls do not know, I don't want to tell you, like. When you wear a skirt, and then when you sit on the chair, say, and you say, oh, okay, yeah, Uh, as long as the skirt cover the knee, uh, it will be okay, but sometimes you sit on the stairs. Sit on the stairs meaning that you're sitting down and like this, and then you're covering your knee, but, you know, like, but your bottom is not covered. By your skirt, and then you didn't know, and then you say, "Oh, you like and you talk, and then the guys talk to you, and then didn't know even how to behave because, like, you're so distracting, uh, you're so distracting because of uh, what you wear. So be very careful, be modest in how we dress ourselves. Uh, but girls are stimulated by what they hear and what they feel. Uh, it's not just what they see. So sometimes. Girls, be careful that guys will sweet talk you. Oh, I love you. Oh, you're so pretty. Uh, and things like that. It makes you feel really good. Uh, but depending on whether it's a genuine concern or whether there's something that is coming up, there is a purpose. There's an agenda. They want to go further. Okay? Uh, guys, give love to get sex. This is very careful for, for girls. Um, they will say, oh, I love you. I love you. Uh, but sometimes the whole purpose is that they want to have sex. Um, but girls very often give sex to get love. Not that they're really craving for oh, you know, having that sexual relationship, but you know, because oh, you know, this guy loves me, and then if I don't do it the way that he wants, well, you know, he may not love me as much, or maybe oh, because I love him, that's why I'm willing to give him what he asks for. But the whole purpose, you know, because of love. So, girls, be very careful. You know, guys, they give love to get sex. Not necessarily that they love you, but they want to have intimate relationship in the sense of physical intimacy. But the following one is really will blow your mind. Guys, body can disconnect from mind, heart, and spirit. Say, so what does it mean? Uh... Just imagine, a guy probably doesn't love a prostitute, doesn't even know that prostitute, but they're willing to spend money to have sex with a stranger, with a prostitute. So what it means is the body and the mind uh, and the heart and the spirit is disconnected. I don't have to love that person, but I can have sex with that person because guy stimulated by what they see and crave physical intimacy and driven by physical desire. What it means is, girls, don't be tricked and think that, oh, the guy's having a closer, a physical relationship with me because they love me. No, just imagine, you are a free, quote-unquote, sex toy or prostitute without even needing to pay. Uh, In a sense, many of you you know, maybe you know, as you grow older, as you encounter different people, may encounter people like that. They will use you as a tool. Uh, maybe date you for a little while, and then after having sex with you, then date another person. After sex, having sex with them, I've even seen a guy. In fact, do I know this guy or I know the girlfriend? I can't remember. Um, what happened was they already broke up. But occasionally, the guy will go back and visit the ex for what? For sex. And then the ex thought that, oh, oh, he's coming back to me. But then, oh, oh willing to give sex because of that short-lived emotion satisfaction. Uh, so you know, be very careful. Um, I'm not putting down on guys and say, you know, I am a guy. Uh, and But this is the fact. You know, just imagine, you know, how can you have, you know, for, for ladies, uh, the general uh, and the norm, they will not say, well, I will have sex with a stranger. Because for women, for girls, body, mind, heart, and spirit, intricately connected, very strangely, very complicatedly connected. That's why, you know, like when they don't feel like it, when you have an argument just like what we said before, they would not hold your hand. They do not feel close to you, cannot be physically close to someone whom they are mad at. But for guys, oh, they don't care. Uh, They don't even know a stranger, a guy, a a lady uh, in the street. They can just pick up and pay some money and they have sex because sex to them is nothing related to the heart. It's related to the body. But for ladies, no. Sex has to relate to the heart. So, the reason why I'm telling you the differences is for guys to be careful. You know, when you date, when you really love someone, you know, try to control your physical desire and knowing that you need to respect the other person. For ladies, also realize that a guy dating you for a couple of times or maybe good friends, and then, if in case they have any advancement, not necessarily because they love you, but because they're curious, they want to have that physical satisfaction, uh, and afterward, you know, after the curiosity has been fulfilled, uh, then they will lose interest. Many, in many cases, it happened. Okay, any questions so far? Yes. So even you're saying that mostly guys are driven by the physical and girls by the emotional, but it sometimes can be reversed too. Is that correct? Yeah, um, yes. This is just the general norm. Like, oh, of course, there are crazy, you know, like people with uh, different, maybe mental disorder or like sexual disorder. That, like, of course, there are male prostitute. Then you know, okay, yeah then women can do that. But the thing is, the reason why we have more and more this kind of distorted relationship, also because of the, the media. That they promote that physical enjoyment. They promote that lust. Uh, but this is just a norm. Yeah. Okay. The key is how to handle sexual temptation. And hopefully we could finish it today uh, because this is a very important topic. How? I think the first thing is guard your heart. What does it mean by guard your heart? Um, In the Bible, the heart is the center of our emotion, our affection, our dedication. Uh, and that's why the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So what is your inclination? What, is, what are some of the things that really touch your heart, makes you feel, or what is your passion? Uh, so you know, very careful if you have other things. Other thoughts. You know, heart is pretty much like the control of your thoughts. You know, in fact, of course, we know now the heart doesn't do anything. The heart just pump. It's the brain that is you know, controlling everything. But in fact, in the, um, even the Chinese culture or the, the Eastern culture, the Bible, um, the biblical culture, the heart is the control of your whole self. So you need to guard your heart to have. That's why you know, we sing the song, you know, creating me a clean heart. And we want a pure heart. Is that our thought life, our emotional life, our passion, our affection, our desire, it's all pure. Okay. Um, guard your mind. The mind is the, the thought life. Um, I don't want you to think otherwise or mislead you. Uh, so I will give you the answer. I don't want you to think of the answer. The question is, the most powerful sex organ in a person is what? It's your brain. and So no, don't think otherwise on your sex organ when you talk about it. But the most powerful sex organ is your brain. Because your brain kind of govern you to think of this and then the um, and a lot of times you will say, hey, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just fantasizing. Uh, so, you know, I'm not hurting anyone. Uh, so what is the big deal? Uh, the big deal is, like somebody said, sow a thought, reap an act. So when you think about it, actually you will... Start acting upon it. And then sow an action, reap a habit. Now, when you sow a thought, you reap an action. And then when you have an action, then you create a habit. Then you get used to it. And then sow a habit, reap a character. You know, If you keep on having that habit, then you are categorized by this kind of a person. And then sow a character, reap a destiny. So if your character is like that, then pretty much the end of your path is already set. So be very careful. Uh, You say, oh, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just fantasizing. It's not hurting anyone, but your thought will govern um, your action and then your habit. In fact, especially when you're in school, I remember then, Like, I was a teenager once, Uh, I was in college, I was young and uh, restless. But, you know, the time that I engage in maybe having impure thoughts, that will actually govern and that affect my schoolwork. And even I remember, uh, I think on the desk of, in a classroom, I think it's in Berkeley, Uh, I drew picture, you know, pornographic picture that on the desk, you know, for what purpose? I don't know. It's just not for other people to see, but I just don't know why I acted that way. But it was just my whole mind was kind of preoccupied by that thought. And then so, you know, thinking the thought life is very important. And also, When your heart is weak, sometimes, oh, you know, like this person I've been dating for a while, and then my heart kind of uh, falls for him. Oh, you know, maybe my my heart is willing, but my flesh is weak. So, you know, maybe uh, we have um, closer uh, physical relationship. If your heart is weak, govern it, control it by your mind. Uh, What does it mean? Is sometimes the heart is weak and say, oh, you know, I want to give in. I want to do this. I want to be tempted. Uh, But then your mind can control and say, no, I cannot do that. Give you an example. Um, There were occasions that, you know, swimmer would swim across like, you know, like uh, in the Bay Area from like uh, one side of the Bay, across the Bay, and there was a a swimming contest between you know, I think the English Channel uh, from England to France and then there was a swimmer um, there was one time that she was swimming and swimming but you know like in London you know so foggy and then uh, and like across that channel she was a very good swimmer and then she kept on swimming swimming but the fog is so thick and she was so tired and she thought oh you know I, I couldn't make it I couldn't make it and then and then somehow she asked someone to pick her, pick her up because like, you know, there was always boats on the side to pick up you know those women who couldn't go on anymore. And then after she climbed up the boat, she said, oh, you know, I'm so exhausted. And then the fog started to clear up. And then it is only about less than a mile to reach the destination. And then she said, if I knew that I was so close, I could have done it, and I could have finished my race. You don't know what it means? It means that actually your mind can control you, can discourage you, or it can pump and and encourage you and give you power, empower you to go on. So, you know, when your heart is weak, control with your mind and say, no, I determined. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. So, you will distract yourself and do something else. Uh, I would say... Have a pure mind or a pure heart. Uh, clear up your mind is another kind of fasting. I like say, okay, I want to keep feet and then I don't want to eat um, sugar. I don't want to eat sweets. I don't want to eat fat but, um, or, or no carb. Uh, but another kind of fasting is to fast on your mind. Do not go on to the website and to read this pornographic pictures or literature or articles and then fast and make sure that your mind is clear so that when your heart is weak, you can control it, your mind could take over. Um, That's why the Bible says, uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, do not be conformed, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. And how to guard your mind? Okay, we already talked about this. Okay, then, um, how to guard your your body? Uh, What does it mean by guarding your body? First, um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 5, it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that means be holy, to set apart, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. So, you know, God charged us to guard our body um, in a way that is holy and honorable. So, the first thing is to guard your eyes. Very interesting, you know, Job uh, 31 1, it says, I make a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Uh, Make a covenant, make a contract. Say, you know, I promise myself I'm not going to look lustfully at a girl. And I pray that, you know, if all the guys here will say, okay, I make that covenant with my eyes. Uh, I will say, I make that contract. I will never look at a girl lustfully. And then I think God will honor that. And when God will say, hey, uh, this, is, this is good. Uh, that's why I say the girls need to be careful of what you wear. Uh, even though you say, well, you know, it's okay. I don't care people looking at me. Uh, you may not care, but actually God is also going to charge you and say, hey, I give you your body, I make you beautiful. It's not for you to be a temptation. It's not for you to be a tool for Satan, uh, for guys to, to fall for. Um, one trick for guys how to guard your eyes is I call is to bounce your eyes. What does it mean by bounce your eyes? Because sometimes when we look, we look, But bounce meaning, um, why do you need to bounce your eyes? Uh, I always say, well, you know, if you look at something that is inappropriate, if it is the first look, it is a temptation. But if it is the second look, that is sin. What does it mean? Say, if you see a girl walking up, and then somehow like the, the stairs, And then you're following, but the skirt is so short that you can see the under. And then the very first look, you know, you cannot control. You know, you just look up, oh, my goodness. Ah. And then if you keep on looking, oh, see what color is that undie? Ah. Then that is sin. But, you know, the first look is a temptation. So if you somehow being tempted by Satan, and providing you a situation that you see something that is inappropriate, whether it's like an undie, or it's a too low, a deep V, or whatever, if you see it for the first sight, bounce your eyes and look somewhere else. And also, I know it's very difficult to say, oh, not to check back, not to check back, okay? Maybe it's not, it's not really... Uh, that okay, maybe I can check. Okay, what color is that or whatever? You know, it doesn't really matter, but you know, the second look is sin. The first look you cannot control, that is temptation. And then bounce your eyes away. Of course. Don't do that and say, Oh, Walter said first look is not sin. And then suddenly you saw something uh, stare. Oh, it's still the first look. Okay, it's still the first look. After one minute, it's still the first look. Now, of course, you know that is sin. But uh, the trick is bounce your eyes. If you see something inappropriate, bounce away. But I know there is a temptation to check back. Don't ever check back and maybe even walk away. But maybe in your heart you say, well, I'm not hurting anyone. Um, So, you know, like, if I don't look, somebody else will look. Uh, uh, And I'm not hurting her. I'm not offending her. But God knows and you know this is sin. This is temptation that you're falling into and that will create a lustful thought. Again, a thought will reap an action. An action will reap a habit. A habit will reap a character. A character will reap a destiny. And many of the, in fact, um, there's a study, and many of those serial rapists, even serial killer, they started off by reading pornography. And then They want more, and then they want more, and then they want more, and then that will lead into being a criminal, a serial rapist, and then a serial killer because of that. So guard your eyes is very important. The second thing is guard your mouth. What does it mean by guard your mouth? Um, Many people like flirting, like dirty jokes. And then you're like, oh, you know, we're just guys, and then we're talking about dirty jokes, and then, uh, or maybe flirting with girls, and then, oh, you know, so cute, and then so on and so forth, and then uh, kind of saying something that is tempting. And then be very careful. And also, girls, be very careful of what you say. You may not even mean it. Uh, A lot of times when we talk about dating, I don't know how many of you were in the dating workshop, but probably not all of you. Uh, Go back to the internet and then go to cpccsf.org, and then under uh, Media Workshop, go back and listen to the Dating Workshop. I think you will be benefited from it. Um, Like when we talk, uh, what we talk about in the Dating Workshop is a lot of times girls do not know how to behave themselves and then they just acted cute. And then the thing is they don't have any physical boundaries. And then when the guy says something, or maybe a joke, or maybe something to laugh at the girls, oh, you're so fat, or whatever, then, then the girl didn't know, and said, oh, no, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then starting to hit the guy, and then grab the guy, and then I knew a girl who uh, bites people, you know, like when she gets upset, I'll bite the guy, and then um, you think, oh, you know, I'm just adding cute, and then, oh, but no, actually that physical contact is a temptation to guys. And then you say, oh, you know, hit, hit, hit. But they say, oh, you know, she hit me. Oh, she bit me. My goodness. Oh, and then oh, I don't want to wash my hands. Oh, okay. so you know, be careful for girls. Physical distance and physical contact. You need to be careful. You know, do not hit the guy. Do not say, oh, you know, you're so so yeah. And then you know, and you know that kind of physical contact. You need to be careful. But for guys, guard your mouth, um, dirty jokes, flirting around. Be very careful, okay? Um, That's why in Ephesians 5, 3 to 4, it says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity Foolish talks, or coarse joking, that is about inappropriate joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So be very careful, guard your eyes, uh, for guys especially, guard your mouth. Okay, any questions so far? So this is one thing that we need to do to plan ahead. What does it mean by plan ahead? Likewise, when we talk about uh, dating, we talk about that planning ahead. Because if you do not plan ahead, a lot of times you fall into that temptation without realizing it. So if you plan ahead, then you know, okay, oh, this is a temptation. Then you will be aware of it. But if you never think of it, then when it comes up, then you fall into the temptation without realizing, but it's too late already. The very first question is how far would or should I go? Um, what does it mean by how far should or would I go? If I engage in a dating relationship, could I hold hands? Say, oh, okay, right, I'll hold hands. Okay, probably most of you will say yes. Um, <clears throat> could I kiss? Uh, there was one question here. It says, um, why does today's media constantly put attention on sex? In fact, uh, many of the Disney teenager soap opera, uh, even like a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, then they talk about kissing. And then the very first thing that they do on a date is kiss. And then the thing is, like, it just... Bothers me, like you know, say okay, this is a teenage soap opera, like about like maybe ten or eleven year old guy, and then somehow met a girl, and then like each other, and then somehow they kiss, and then the audience, they all woo, meaning like giving approval, and say, oh, you know, that is cool, and then never occur that a mom will come up and say, what are you doing? Oh, wash your Uh, mouth. No, but. So, why? Just a question. You know, why people date? They need to kiss. It just, just as you think about it, why the exchange of saliva is an expression of love? Say, oh, you know, because we love. We want to explain. You know. Do you kiss your mom, your dad? The way that you kiss your boyfriend, your girlfriend? No. Ooh. Then you realize, you know. It's not an expression of pure love. It's an expression of, that is another kind of love, erotic love or lust. And frankly speaking, kissing was nothing. Um, Just exchange of saliva and then, why? Why is so exciting? One thing is the media always promoted. Oh, you know, kissing, kissing. But when you think of it, two lips, exchanging saliva, why? Because it arouses other sensual parts of your body that you will not stop at kissing because kissing is just quote-unquote a foreplay to get you physically close to one another and then to prepare you to do the next things. But the thing is, when we are not in a marriage relationship, we are not ready to do the next thing. So be very careful. And then say, oh, you know, it's a goodbye kiss. It's on, on the cheek. But when is, how about when it's on the lips? How about when it's three minutes long? Then you find that it's not just the kissing. It's the two people hugging one another and then the body entangling with one another and rubbing against each other. And if you know, like, the you know, body parts, God created man and woman, the curvatures are different. And then when they walk together, I don't want to demonstrate and have some of you stand up and demonstrate, but you know, when you walk close, 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 just imagine what is the first part of the body that would touch. A woman's curvature is different from a man. Then when you walk, when you hug, when you kiss, then the woman's body could be felt by the guy. But the lady wouldn't even realize, oh, you know, she's, he's feeling my body. And then that's why, you know, with the, the kissing, is, you know, two people will never just kiss, mm, kiss like that. You know, they kiss, and they hug, and then they put their hands inside the clothes, and then they touch the inappropriate, well, actually, it's beautiful park, but it's not an it's appropriate premarital, uh, in a premarital relationship. But then you'll find that kissing will not stop at kissing and kissing a lot of times will get into the next part that is hugging and then patting. That means touching each other's body, whether inside the clothes or outside the clothes, but it will just get further and further and worse and worse. So you have to determine how far should I go, or maybe finally, intercourse. I remember many years ago I went to um, Sweden and then did uh, you know like a conference and then also there's a workshop on sex and in Sweden and Europe it's even more open than the States you know, there are many new beaches actually all beaches are new you don't have to wear clothes on any of the beaches it's not like uh, even in San Francisco Bay Area you cannot do that Um, so the temptation is so much worse than here and then uh, there was a guy a Christian guy Christian leader maybe in the 20s and he said well you know like this is one of the topics that uh, I really want to learn about because I fell into a temptation but the only reason I fell into that temptation and have sex with my girlfriend is because I take sex too lightly and look at the temptation too lightly. And I think, oh, you know, I can conquer that. There's no problem. I will not do that. I will not do that. And when he was not prepared, and then the moment he said, I will not do that. And then he fell into the temptation. Um, So before you engage in any relationship, and especially if you are dating right now, you say, how far should I go? Should I stop at kissing? Or should I stop at a brief kissing, not even a deep kissing? Because like when two people like, um, entangle together and then you got to feel one another's body part and, and how far is too far. And um, I don't want to say it, but I will say it anyway. What is, the, you know, what is the standard? I will say, oh, I am going too far. Okay, let me give you something for reference, okay, if a guy and a girl getting together, and if they hug, if they kiss, if the girl feel that somehow the body of the guy start changing, okay, if I say it plainly, if you feel the guy having an erection, okay, or oh, something poking you or something, then you know, sorry, too far, and the guy. If you hug and kiss a girl, and you find that if there's any change in your body, then you find that, oh, you realize that that is already too far. Why? Because the only purpose for erection is to have sex. And if I'm having erection and I'm I'm just kissing my girlfriend, then it's telling me that I have already gone too far because I got aroused and I cannot get released. So then you will seek to get released. One way or another, that may be inappropriate. Okay, so be very careful and plan ahead. Any question? Okay, Um, plan ahead, set a boundary. What does it mean by setting a boundary? It said, okay, if going across this line, that is too far. And then emotionally, you say, okay, what does it mean by emotional boundary? I thought you were saying, okay, which part I can be touched, which part I cannot be touched, which part I can touch, which part I cannot touch. No, emotional boundary is even more important, especially for girls. Uh, If you have no interest in a person that is related to dating, Do not get too close emotionally with that person or always text, always talk about emotion or talk about how's your girlfriend or how's your boyfriend. And when two people are emotionally engaged, entangled, involved, then sometimes it's very difficult to control your physical desire. So uh, set your emotional boundary and you say, unless you say, oh, you know, I want to date with this guy, uh, then it's another story. Uh, But if not, or if I want to date with this this girl, then if not, you set a boundary. Clear boundary. Don't get emotionally involved. Environmental. uh, This is a clear-cut thing that helps us. Even though it is hard to do. Never get into the bedroom with the opposite sex. Never be alone with the opposite sex. In a private environment, say, oh, you know, my parents went on to vacation. Let's come to my uh, house to watch TV. Um, that is a danger there because, like, nobody's there. And then you go into the house and then watch TV, or maybe you go into her room or his room. You got tempted, and then you know watch TV. You sit on the couch, and then you start hugging, and you start like uh, sleeping on the lap, and then like very. You, know, you need to be very careful. You need to set the boundary, and later we'll talk about it. But environment: if two people say, you know, if he's driving, driving you to uh, ocean beach, and then in the middle of the night. Or, you know, 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock or something. And then you see, well, many cars parked there. And then you see the cars are all fogged up. You know, cause people are in there. And then suddenly there's a hand raised up. Suddenly there's a leg and here and there. You know, like if he starts, like, getting close to you physically, then you know, okay, I think it's better for us to go home. You know, if you want to share, if you want to talk, You can go to boba place, you can go like to a restaurant, but if just in the middle of nowhere, two people in a car and say, oh, you know, it's too squishy here, let's go to the back seat, then it's like a hint. You know, like guys, a lot of times they have agenda. And be very careful. You say, why do we need to go to the back seat? Oh, it's more comfortable, we can lie down. Why lie down? It's not emotion but it's physical. Again, remember that chart? Guy, desire, physical, intimacy. So environmental, be very careful. Alone with an opposite sex is a warning sign. And also, you know, when you grow older, say in college, uh, oh, you know, I may go to a vacation with a friend, and then if just with a single friend of the opposite sex, that is, again, a warning sign. Say you go into the hotel, you, are you going to rent one room or two rooms? And even if you rent two rooms, uh, you're not going to watch TV in separate rooms. Okay, you watch TV here, I watch TV there. No, you get into the same room, sit on the same bed to watch TV, and then that is the temptation. Okay, physical. Okay, physical um, boundary first you need to think of some restricted area. Kids in, this, in, in school, they learn of the no-no box. Say, you know, this is the no-no box, nobody could touch it. Huh? And you have to think, you know, in my body, is there any place that is restricted? Of course you think, oh, you know, of course those important parts of my body is restricted. But how about your thigh? Is it a restricted area? Can your boyfriend put a hand on your thigh and then kind of massage you? If you don't plan ahead, it's very easy. When two people sitting on the couch watching TV, got nowhere to put the hand, then just put on your thigh. And then suddenly you felt shock, And then, oh, like electric shock. And then it's tempting. But the thing is, the bad thing about temptation is it will not stop over there. And then when a guy put his hand on a woman's body, it will not stay there. It will either go up or go down. If it's on your lap, it will never go down. It will only go up. So be very careful. You say, oh, no, no, don't talk about those. what You know, like, oh, you know, so... Uh, Essential, but this is reality. This is something that you will face. And I guarantee you, your boyfriend is going to put his hand on your lap. And guys, you may want to do that because it's tempting. Especially when the girl is wearing shorts. So, you know, like, Then you have to have restricted area. Oh, well, can he hug me? Can he put his hand on my waist? And then, what if I'm wearing a short BBT or 10 top then that means he's touching my skin my flesh and then remember what Walter says the hand will never stay at one spot it will either go up or go down so and when you are not prepared and suddenly when it goes up <laughs> too late already and then you say oh yeah like, oh, don't do that Oh, don't do that and then but it's too late and then Usually, it will go worse, okay? Also, outside or versus inside of clothing, uh, you need to be careful. You know, if somehow his finger got slipped under your clothes, that is a sign, that is a warning sign. Again, remember the chart. Men are driven by the desire of physical intimacy. Okay, any question about setting boundaries? Okay, uh, for those people who came late, if you have any question uh, that you have written, you can just pass up here. Okay, let's go on. Understanding our own weaknesses. Okay, this is not, um, let's see. I will have three points. But actually, the first point that I have is actually your third point. Okay. Uh, this person has a question about sex. No, I'm just kidding you. Okay. Um, oops. Take responsibility. The reason is like We need... Oh, this is not even your third point, okay? This is an extra point. Um, God entrusts us with our body. And then we should take responsibility. And especially for guys. I want to talk to guys because God charged you to be spiritual leaders. Okay? As spiritual leaders, by definition, you should lead your future mate. Mate. And you want to lead that person to draw closer to God and not to lead that person or to offend that person or to hurt that person. So you are not an offender, but you are a protector. So don't sexually offend your your girlfriend and take charge and you are a spiritual leader. You're supposed to lead that person close to God. Okay, and likewise, ladies, sisters, God created you as a helper, like God created Eve as a helper to Adam. So your purpose is to help the other person when the other person is weak. So when the other person is not walking according to God's will, you're supposed to stop that person and say, no, don't do that. Okay, and I'm not appreciating this. Okay, and then later we will talk about practical way to stop that. Okay, what are your temptations? This is your third point because that's the only R, and the other is is. What are your temptations? Uh, You have to understand your own weakness. What are your temptations? Say, if computer is your temptation, if your friends are your temptation, if that relationship with a girlfriend or boyfriend is your temptation, or if that fantasizing, that novel, that love story is your temptation, then you need to realize, oh, those are my temptation. Or maybe environmentally, what is the temptation? Or maybe in the middle of the night when nobody is watching, and that's the temptation. Or maybe when I'm lying on my bed and doing nothing and just vegetating and then start fantasizing, then that is your temptation. Then you need to realize what are our temptation so that Next time when we fall into that temptation, we say, oh, my goodness, it's a temptation. Then then you realize it. Um, I want you to imagine. I know it's very hard uh, because guys are tempted by sight. All the beautiful ladies that you've seen on that terminal, on that screen, imagine them as the devil that evil. Um, you know, even though you say, oh, you know, this is beautiful, you know, this figure is the body, and then arouse you, but actually behind that beautiful figure is the temptation of the devil that is like a lion trying to devour you. So imagine that lady morph into like the, the appearance of a devil, <laughs> trying to devour you. And then, Hopefully that will help you uh, realize. Oh, okay, this is a temptation. It's not good. What is your button? Hmm. First or second? Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay, first. What is your button? Meaning that there's something that will trigger you for some for some people uh, or. Pet peeve, uh, make you angry. You know, oh, when you mention that, you know, is but the button meaning? What is the thing that will trigger you to fall into temptation? Uh, Maybe the button is the alone time with that person, and then the person put the hand on my lap. Or maybe the button is whenever the boyfriend sleep on my lap, or when you know that. My girlfriend is wearing something very short or very, like, you know, exposing uh, her, her body or something. Then, you know, you have to realize what is the button that will trigger you that you cannot hold yourself. It's like a gun, a pistol. And then you just, oh, that is the button. Then if you realize that that is the button, don't touch it. And then run away from it. And then also, the next, uh, okay, uh, this is related to what is your button. Stop at square one. What does it mean by stop at square one? Uh, Like when you play those um, games, like whether it's a letter and shoot or something like that. You know, there's always go back to square one, things like that. Stop at square one meaning when it happened. The very first moment that it happens, the very first moment of that temptation, say, uh, you sit on a computer, actually you're doing your homework, and then suddenly that thought comes in and say, hey, I got nothing to do, let me check out on this site. That is square one. And then if you keep on going, then you will keep on following the link and then reading the site. Or maybe the square one is actually you two are really enjoying a time and then sharing and talking and watching TV. And then the square one is suddenly he extended his hand and then pat on your shoulder or your back. That may be the square one. Then you stop at that square one. Say, okay, if suddenly you're on the computer and you have that thought, then you stop and say, okay, um, I'll do something else. I'm not going to touch the computer. Stop at square one. Don't go to square two, square three, square four, and then climb the ladder, and then it may be too late. Uh, Likewise, relationship. Likewise, personal temptation. What is your track record? That is very important. That means, how did you fall last time? I fell because I went to that website. I fell because we two uh, were alone in the bedroom. Uh, I fell because... Like I was in his car and then we were at uh, nowhere and then uh, in the middle of the night. You know. So what is your track record? The track record always gives you hints as of why and how you fell last time and then how you could prevent it next time. So that is actually the most reliable hint as we learn to handle our sexual temptation. Say the track records is whenever her parents are not home. And when I went over, when I watch TV with her, then I have that temptation. I want to do something more. Actually, before you go to her place, or before you go to his place, you already planned. Oh, you plan, oh you know, I go and then you know oh, nobody's there. You already feel that that excitement going on then you know, actually, that is square one. You should stop, do that, and say, hey, how about let's not go to your place for watching TV. Let's come out and see a movie. That's much healthier. You say, oh, yeah, but seeing a movie is expensive. You can do something else. You can go walk on the park, uh, but be very careful. Okay, any questions so far about the temptation, about the button, about the track record? So, I know it's tiring because I'm bombarding you with uh, information and all these things, but I want you to uh, read this poem, the autobiography in five short chapters. One, I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. This is talking about temptation. It's like walking down a street. There's a deep hole. You fall in. You're lost. Second chapter. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. But it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Like temptation. Next time, you know, You realize that there is an opportunity. You did not accidentally fall in, but you jump in. But you thought it's not your fault. Third, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Hopefully, there is a change. Even though you fall in, you know that there's a habit but it's a time for you to get out immediately. And then the fourth chapter says, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Oh, there's a hole. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. Does that make sense? What it means is, when we know that the temptation is there, a lot of times we'll fall in, unwillingly or knowingly, and because we can't control it, because it's a habit, but then, if we know that, we can avoid it. Do not only walk around it, because the temptation is still there, but walk down another street. You know, of course, it's not um, relevant to you now, in the old days, when they have to buy pornography, they go to the supermarket, or they go to a drugstore, then they have a shelf of pornography there, and then people will go buy it. Then we advise them, not, don't go to that drugstore. Don't go to that supermarket. Go to another supermarket to avoid that temptation. But now it's very difficult for you. And I, I think really nowadays the temptation is so handy, so easy that you can gain access. It's just on the keyboard. And I cannot tell you, hey, Don't work on your computer. Don't go onto the internet. Which you will say, no, I cannot. I have to do my homework. But just imagine, most of the time you get onto the internet, it's not doing your homework. But it's like browsing on the website and then doing different things. So you need to learn how to walk down another street. And that is important. Okay. Uh, I know you're tired. How about this? Before we go on, stand up a little bit. Stretch yourself. I can see from your eyelid that you are tired, you want to sleep, uh, and then we will be done in about 15, 20 minutes, okay? Give you, are you going to the bathroom? Give you two minutes, okay? Good. <clears throat> so, no, none of you need to go leave early, right? Okay, good. Okay, okay, take a seat, take a seat, maybe um, maybe next semester or next quarter, next school year, we can talk about how to help ourselves from getting addicted to uh, smartphones. Give it to me. It's better. Uh, there are practical. There are practical ways for for us to um, not being addicted addicted to uh, to cell phone, or smartphone. <coughs> okay, to flee. Uh, you guys are fleeing already. I say. How come you guys don't go to bathroom when we have a break and then uh, when I start then you go to bathroom? Okay. uh, Wait for one minute. Anyone has a joke? Clean joke. Uh, (laughs) joke. Who's there? No one's home. Okay. (laughs) Hmm? Who's there? I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's clean, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's not clean. Not knock. Knock, <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> knock,
1: knock. <laughs> He's there. He's there. He's <laughs> I was
0: the one who said it. You know, he said it was Benny. tell the joke, Benny. You tell it, Benny. Oh, you did even, tell, even got jokes. jokes? What is a good joke? Hey, ah, oh, that's a good joke. Okay. Uh, how to handle sexual temptation? To flee. Meaning, learn to say no. The Bible says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who called on the Lord out of a pure heart. That is from 2 Timothy 2.22. And I think there is some wisdom in here. Uh, The word flee, meaning running away, running for your life. Um, It has been described, uh, the word has been used to describe like how Pharaoh is chasing the Israelites. And then, you know, like, just imagine, remember that story, you know, chasing Israel, Israel has to run and flee, and then run for their life, and then they come uh, in front of the, the Red Sea, and there's nowhere to go, and then somehow God parted the sea, and then they flee, they run away, and then run for their life. And when you see temptation, that attitude, instead of, Mola, no, oh, no, stop, no, oh, stop. You should run away from the situation, run away from that person. Uh, but how can we do that? Um, learn to say no. What if the person say, if you really love me, you show it by giving me all your love? Then how would you respond? Girls, if, you, you know, if the, your boyfriend say, "Oh, you know, can we get a little closer? If you really love me, you show me by giving me all your love Huh? Thami? Yeah. Um and if you really love me you will respect my boundaries. Okay, very good. If you Hey, let's give him a hand. Yeah. Love hurts. The thing is if you have a boundary if you really love me, you show it by never asking me to do against what I believe or my boundary. That, that is very good. Yeah. How about it hurts to love you so much and yet hold back from expressing it? I feel so frustrated. you. Don't think that you know, are these actually, well, of course, I got it a long time ago. This actually, um, I, got, I got it from like a, a youth, a Christian youth magazine or something like that, that, you know, these are some of the lines that people used to use, of course, maybe in the past generation. Uh, but I think now they're still doing that. Love is worth some sacrifices. Of course, you don't have to use the same, same word, but, you know, oh, you know, so frustrated, and then, oh, yeah, yeah I love you, I can't express it. And, uh, well, I think of a way how about buy me a gift? You can express it that way. Now, I like gift. I like rings. I like jewelry. I like, you know. And my, dad's, my dad also loved gift. okay? <clears throat> um, it will make our love grow. I'm concerned with what it grows into. You know, grow, yeah. It will make our love grow, but not the proper way. This one is a very, very popular line. I think they still use it. They use it in all generations. Every other girl does it. Everyone else does it. How would you respond? I'm traditional. But I'm not every girl. Every other girl. I'm not everyone. I'm not just any girl. Then go out with her, you know. If every other girl does it, go out with her. Um. Well, I just go through it. If you're going to be that rigid, you may lose me. You know, is that a threat? You know, like you know. In fact, this is not an uncommon line. You know, like oh, you know, if you're so rigid, you know, is that a threat? Losing someone who threatened me would be more gain than lose. But, of course, it's easy to say it now, but when you get involved emotionally, it's very hard. You, know, you don't want to offend that person, especially for some of you, your personality has that pleasing element because a lot of us may want to please other people, and you want to please your boyfriend, you want to please your girlfriend, you don't want to say anything that against them. I can really turn you on, Okay. <laughs> I know. The only thing that needs to be turned on in here are the lights. Okay. Uh, my parents aren't home. Would you like to go upstairs and check out my water bed? I prefer spring bed. Spring red. <laughs> My goodness. No, thank you. I don't swim. What is your problem? Do you like men? You know, like, you know, sometimes they would say it sarcastically. Negatively to challenge you, challenge your limit. And then, uh, what do you mean you're still a virgin? What's the matter? Are you gay? Like, you know, this is a common line. Uh, Or are you lesbian or something? You can't get me all excited like this and not go through with it. And uh, likewise, remember about that boundary, setting limit. You know, if you kiss with a guy for like five minutes and then his hands start moving and then he start like taking off his clothes and taking off your clothes, then then you know of course you know that one thing will lead to another. So you get the hints. Remember I told you that hints when two people get together you feel the body change, then you realize, okay, it's too much already. Of course you can, you know. You will be embarrassed to say, "Hey, what happened? You know, what is poking me, you know, or something?" You can't say that, you know. It's oh, but but you realize it, and then also two people getting too close. Remember, the guy will feel the girl's body, and likewise, if the guy, you know, the girl will feel the guy's body. And then when you can feel each other's body, you're getting too close already, um, unless you get married. Okay. The best answer for someone putting on pressure, you know, sometimes when you're in a relationship, they will put on pressure. Oh, but by the way, sometimes even if you're not in a relationship, be very careful when you go to, say, college, when you go to party, and when you walk away, and then when you come back, don't drink the same drink that is left on the table. Because many of the students in college or high school, they were drugged. And then they will rape, uh, and that is real. That was on the news. Okay, don't say, "Oh, it will never happen to me." When it happens to you, it's already too late. Okay, be very careful. Unless you have some, you know, don't even even trust, you know, your friend. Kiss, like, you know, your girlfriend or you know, your roommate can gang together with her best friend or something. You know, you never know. Be very careful. The best answer is goodbye. Okay, that's it. I don't want it. Um, It's easy to say than to do, but that is very important. Okay, any question about saying no? Okay, cleansing. What does it mean by cleansing? Cleaning is to clean your mind. Let me give you an example. Okay, I want you not to think, maybe you've done this before, done this exercise before. I want you not to think about a lemon. A juicy lemon. When I slide open that lemon, that lemon juice will drop. And don't think of that yellow lemon, that juicy sour lemon. For one minute, okay? Now, I give you five or ten seconds to prepare. And then whoever uh, thought about it, then you have to raise your hand, okay? And then... uh, Okay, don't think about it. Okay, ready? And don't say it. Don't say it because you will distract people. Okay, ready? Go. Thirty seconds. Twenty more oh. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't distract other people. Ten. 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one. <laughs> okay. Who can endure that one minute without thinking of lemon? I almost had it, and he said, It's so <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. You find it so difficult not to think of something. But how do you do that, Ricky? Just thinking of elephant. Thinking of elephant. Okay. <laughs> S- elephant. You know, some people you will use, maybe give me another ten minutes. I'll do little bit. Okay, you know, like some people will say, okay, yeah, let's sing sing a song. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. L, L, L M, N is lemon. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, okay, I think of roast duck, roast duck, roast duck. Then you think of that uh, sour juice that come with it, that sauce, and it's, oh, you know, sour sour lemon. So, uh, but, like, say, okay, Ricky, you think of uh, elephant. What did you think of? Music. Music, like. But like just in your mind playing da, da, Majesty. Okay. Now. Sometimes when even when we think, but then my mind our mind will just hop back and say, Okay, you know, what about this? Okay, what about this? Uh, but say the trick like what Ricky did is to think of elephant or think of music or think of something else. And then when you focus on that something else, then you will forget about this lemon, hopefully. But of course it takes practice. In the beginning, maybe 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and then maybe a minute or maybe five minutes or maybe, you know, then it gets into a pattern. What does it mean? If I tell you not to think about sex, you will think about sex, right? But... The Bible says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when we think about God's thing, when we think about the positive, when we think about the pure, the holy, the admirable, the excellent, the praiseworthy, then we will wash off all those dirty things. So if right now our minds are filled with fantasy and filled with these images, filled with God's word, just like a dirty cup, okay? In the beginning, it's dirty. But if I keep on filling with clean water, and then it will rush out some of the dirt, rush out some of the oil, and then it will just, finally, you will have clean water inside. Or if it's a pipe, it is all dirty, but if keep on hosting it with water, then the dirty things will go away. So one thing very important is to clean our minds. A way out. Don't, think, don't ever think that, well, I can never conquer that. Oh, you know, uh, I, I'm too, in too deep water. I cannot overcome that. No. Because the Bible has promised, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, so that you can endure it. So do not say there's no way out. There is a way out. God has provided a way out. So believe that God is good. God has promised that He will provide a way out. There got to be a way out. Um, this is in 1 Corinthians 10 13. Consider consequences. Okay, I have to go fast because I know uh, some of you have to go. Uh, Quite some time ago, there's a movement called True Love Waits. That means if you really love someone, if you really love your girlfriend, if you really love your boyfriend, wait. Don't have to get into that physical relationship. Um, Just like in Galatians, it says, Do not be deceived. Verse 7 to 8 God cannot be mocked. A man Reap what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that s- nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So be very careful. There are consequences. Uh, flee from sexual immorality. He who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do, not know that your body, uh, do you, you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Therefore, honor God with your body. Um, the consequences of not waiting: loss of virginity, because like you only a virgin once. Um, once you have sex, you lost your virginity. Uh, guilt: you feel guilty, you fear, and at times you, you know, there's self-hatred. Uh, bad memories and flashback of you know, oh, you know, what I did and how I fall, uh, things like that. STD aids, that is not uncommon. Of course, you say, I, I use protection, but no protection is 100% sure. That means they say, oh, you know, uh, there, there's a, like a maybe 3% chance, or maybe, oh, it's only uh, like a 75% chance that you got protected, you know. But when it happened to you, that is not that 3 or 5%. When it happens to you, that is 100%. Okay, okay. Um, unwanted pregnancy and then you got pregnant and then you want abortion and then that affect physically, psychologically, emotionally. Um, I have to rush through, cannot really explain in detail forced marriage. You say, oh you know we got um, get into physical relationship, then uh, we are pregnant, uh, I'm pregnant and well you know, I just get married and some of the high schooler, they even got pregnant and they got married and then changed their whole life. Uh, facing future spouse. Let me tell you a a hard fact. Most of the high school street heart could not make it to marriage. Of course, you say I may be the exception. But what it means is if we keep ourselves pure, that means in case I break up with my boyfriend or girlfriend, I will not have my regret. And then I will not have that Tension of not knowing how to face my future spouse. Her parents, <clears throat> and then spiritual bondage. We know that it's more than just physical, like, um, but it's physical uh, and spiritual. Uh, then we got. Into a spiritual bondage By sin Especially sexual sin And sexual sin is very hard Very difficult To, um, to get away from Or to change Because that temptation That physical fulfillment um, Somebody asked Hey, what about self-pleasuring Or what they can call masturbation You know, I just pleasure myself um, Will that be okay Because I'm not hurting anyone um, well, first, we have to think of not, oh, yes, I'm not hurting anyone. Just like pornography, you're not hurting anyone. You're seeing other, other people's body, and then you know, they got paid to do that. Uh, so you know, what's the big deal? I think the big deal is our relationship with God. Whatever filled your heart, if it is lust, if it's temptation, if it's whatever that is immorality, then your hearts for God will be further away. When we have sinned, um, then uh, we are not pure in a sense, and then we cannot draw close to God. And then you know, it's just a vicious cycle. And then also, uh, not only that, because that is addictive. Many years ago, I have a clipping from San Jose Mercury, and that's called the sexless marriage. And interestingly enough, it says, Statistically, there are some marriages that you know, the husband and the wife don't even have sex three times a year. and The reason of that sexless marriage is because the guy or on the one hand is too busy with stress and everything. On the other hand, is because they got fulfillment elsewhere by self-gratification, by internet sex, by all these things, then for seeking the sex in the marriage but to seek all these things. So if we get into a self-pleasuring habit, masturbation, um, then we need to realize that this is something that is not the original design of God. Then we need to learn to shy away from it and need to do whatever that we have talked about um, the way out um, to change that habit. Um, Lastly, Oh, um, second to the last. Remind ourselves that God and Satan are watching, are both watching. So, you know, when you're having fun, you know, God was watching. Just imagine your parents are watching. How could you do that? You know, how could you have that pan- hanky-panky and then, the, and then have a long kiss, have then, you know, like, uh, tangle together with an opposite sex on the bed when your parents are watching? But actually, God is watching and your enemies are watching. Just imagine your worst enemy is watching you to have that relationship, tangling yourself with another person, with or without clothes on the bed. You know, um, that would just blow your mind and say, "My goodness!" You know, Satan and God are both watching. Sublimation—it's a word, physical—it's uh, a word in physics that means a solid can turn suddenly into gas. But also, it used psychologically. Uh, Physiologically, to talk about, you know, when you have an attention on something like a immoral thoughts, then you can have other ways to divert that energy. Say, go play basketball. Let's go jogging. Let's do the uh, um, fifty push up uh, or whatever. So that you got distracted, that thought will go away. And, uh, you know, if you got so tempted in the middle of the night, and then maybe you just go take a a cold shower, uh, and then you go to bed, and reading the Bible or something, you know, to distract yourself, uh, to transfer that energy into something that is positive. Lastly, what about... Unfortunately, if some of us say, well... I'm already not a virgin. How can God ever forgive me? How can I face my future spouse? One thing is, uh, quite a few years back, there's a movement, and true love waits along with renewed virginity. Meaning that at that time, I did, I make a mistake. And then, out of ignorance, I did that even though it can physically can never be reversed. But then spiritually, God will consider us as pure if we're willing to go back to God. And that's why it's printed at the bottom of your notes. Um, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So no matter what we did in the past, if we say, well, I am going to recommit myself, I'm going to make a commitment before God and say, from now onward, I will keep myself pure. Then spiritually, God will consider us as a virgin. How can I face my spouse in the future? I don't know. I leave it to God. And then maybe, you know, my, my spouse loved me so much and realized that I did that when I was in ignorance and can accept me and forgive me. But the most important thing is God will accept us and forgive us. And if anyone is in crisis, a new creation. Um, And hopefully we can make that commitment and say, yes, I want to do that. I want to keep myself pure. Uh, After I've learned what I've learned. And I have a purity pledge here. And I want to give each and every one of you one. It says, on this, the 6th day of August, 2016, I make a commitment to God, myself, my family, my friends, my future mate, and my future children to be sexually abstinent from the day until the day I enter a biblical marriage relationship. I hereby establish this document as a permanent pledge and memorial to my desire to honor God in my body may the witnesses below hold me accountable to it and to God. And um, I would say if you want to make that commitment and say, you know, I want to make this commitment like what it says, to God, to myself, to my family, to my friends, to my future mate, to my future children, to be sexually abstinent, meaning I'm not going to have sex with anyone from this day until the day I enter a biblical marriage relationship. And if you want to do that, I want you to pick it up and then you can sign it and you can find two witnesses to sign it and then I being the pastor can be one that could sign it or your advisor could sign it. Or if you say, I want my best friend, best of friends to sign it and be my witness, be my uh, accountability partner, then you can do that. But I really want us to think of what we talk about today. God created our body you know, for a good purpose. And then if you are willing to do and say, you know, I understand sex is good, but only within marriage. And from now onward, I want to keep myself pure. I want to renew my virginity. Uh, and I want to make that commitment. And then you can post this in front of your desk as a reminder. Yes, I want to make this commitment to keep myself pure. Then you can pick up one and then sign it and then ask your advisor or ask me to be one of the witness and then the other person as the witness. How about let's bow and have some time of quietness to see whether this is something that you want to do. Remember, anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. let's pray and I want you to pray in your own heart if you say yes I want to keep myself sexually pure then you pray to God you say God I want to make that commitment I want to commit myself and please hold me accountable please help me Father, we know that it's not easy because we are in a world full of temptation. But we ask that you will empower us, strengthen us. Knowing that temptation is there, but we know that your power is bigger than the power of Satan. And may you continue to help us to be a faithful steward of our body to keep ourselves pure so that one day we can really enjoy the physical intimacy and the wholeness that you have intended when you created sex. And Father, thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you, the very first time uh, I, no, not the first time, there was one time I mentioned in Sweden. When I did that, there was a guy, very handsome guy, very tall, good looking, like a movie star. And then he came out He took the pen, he was shaken. He didn't know whether he should sign it or not. And he said, because for me it's been a struggle and I don't know how to do it. I don't have any confidence. I'm not sure whether I can keep this commitment, but I really want to do it to honor God. And then finally, with tears rolling down his face, he signed it. Um, And in fact, we never know whether we could keep that commitment. But a commitment is a commitment that you make to God And just pray that God will give you strength to do that. If you want to do that, do it now. And then uh, come out. I want you to sign it here so that other people can see that you have signed it. And then you can, well, maybe, sorry. To save time, uh, I think I just pass it to you. Okay, And if you want to, you take one. Okay, And then you sign it. You can ask any witness. Uh, to sign it for you and we are here for a little while Uh, after prayer after much prayer then you decide whether you should make that commitment and again if anyone is in crisis of creation the old has gone, the new has come Okay, prayerfully sign it, and then you can go around and ask people, ask advisor, ask me to sign it as the witness. But read it first. And then make sure that's what you mean. That's what you want. Okay, if anyone want me to sign it, you can come out and I can sign it for you as a witness. Because I have to go very soon. can also ask your advisors to sign it. Thank you. Okay. Keep it up.